Do you want to pay off your mortgage faster? What if you were able to pay off your mortgage in less than five years? How would that affect your lifestyle? In this episode, Andy Hill of Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast shares how he paid off his mortgage on a $400,000 home in less than five years and how you can too. Hey there, this is Tara Jackson, a.k.a. Madam Money. I just want to thank you so much for listening to the Financial Fornicating with Madam Money podcast. And want to give a special shout out to our sponsors and supporters, Kimberly Singletary, Edeline Francois Dryden, and Candace Arnold. Your contributions are helping us to continue to uh, further the podcast uh, for people who really need it. And if you'd like to be a sponsor or if you'd like to be a supporter today, just click on the support this podcast and you can make contributions as low as 80 cents, as low as a dollar a month. You can do whatever you want, but any contribution to support this podcast is greatly appreciated so we can continue to spread financial literacy across the world. Hey, I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Thank you for your support. Hello and welcome to Financial Fornicating with Madam Money podcast, where fun financial tips are shared for sexier and healthier relationships with your money and credit. I am Tara Jackson, aka Madam Money, and I am your host for the Financial Fornicating with Madam Money. And today we're going to talk about becoming extremely debt free, completely debt free. And we're talking about debt freedom, we're talking about if you have a mortgage. How would you feel about not having a mortgage anymore and still being able to live in your house and paying it off in a short period of time, right? Some people think that it's unrealistic to do that, um, but I have a guest today that is going to share how he did it. I have Andy Hill from Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, and he is going to share a little bit about himself as well as how he paid off $400,000 in four years. $400,000 in four years. I, I can't wait to find that out. Like, <laughs> Andy, like, really, dude, I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you. I've been wanting to talk to you because I need to understand the magical powers you have to pay off $400,000 in four years. Did you hit the lottery? Did you get a big bonus? I can't wait to find out. How are you doing today? I am great. I'm great. Thank you so much for, uh, for having me on your show, Tara. Absolutely. And before we get into some of the things of how you did that, tell us a little bit about you. And I love that you, your podcast, Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast. I, I just love that to death. But tell us a little bit about you. Well, it fits in with a lot of the conversations you're having on your show. Obviously, love and money is very important. Mm -hmm. And um, what I do on the show is that um, uh, I have a weekly podcast and it's all, it's all focused on helping young families build wealth. So, mm -hmm. you know, when a young father or a young mother, you know, becomes a parent for the first time, we're not thinking about ourselves anymore. We're thinking about the entire family. And so I'm starting to have some conversations with young parents about that moment in your life where you're not just thinking about yourself anymore. You're thinking about what can I do to protect my family and then give them the best life possible. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I, I love that we are in this money game together where we're trying to help educate people about money. And it's primarily based on our experiences with money, based on how we manage the money, how, how you know, some of our major money mistakes, um, some of our big successes. So it, it's really refreshing to have guests 
on the line that may that not only have the pedigree but also have the um, the experience, a real life experience um, for that. So thank you for joining me today. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your story about how you paid off four hundred thousand dollars in four years. Yes. So I will, I will start off right away. Just letting you know, <clears throat> this was not a $400,000 mortgage. It was, it's a $400,000 home. Okay, so okay. with, with that, there's a lot of little details in there, right? Obviously right. it's fun to talk about the big number in the short period of time, but a major part of that is, um, well, I'll just start from the beginning. My, my wife and I were living in my tiny bachelor pad, um, that I had bought outside of after college where um, I bought the home and we were living there. And then um, my wife and I got married and she said, Hey, you're, you're a pretty cool guy. I'll definitely marry you, but we got to get up. We got to get rid of this house in a couple of years. <laughs> so she lived with me for a couple of years and, you know, humored me, but uh, eventually um, we, she was interested in purchasing another home that was a little bit more, I guess we'll call it adult. You know, we were on, on to have our second child and wanted a little bit more space than my, my tiny little bachelor pad. So I was out of town for, for work and she had done some investigation and looking for the neighborhoods that she was interested in and the homes that she was interested in. And she found the perfect home. And for me, I'm kind of like a frugal guy and I, you know, a nicer home also means a more expensive home, right? And so the prospect of that kind of got me a little nervous. I'm like, all right, well, with a big home, you got to have a big mortgage. And I, you know, I just don't want the pressure of having to make those payments each month, each month, because it really is a lot. So she contacted me and said, hey, I found the house. This is the one you've got to check it out. So initially I was nervous, but when I saw it, I said, this is the house. This is where we're going to raise our kids. This is the place we need to be. But sweetheart, I, I got to have a deal with you. If we're going to buy this house, this, this $350,000 house, you need to agree with me that we'll pay this thing off in five years because it makes me really nervous to get a big old mortgage and then have to pay this for 30 years. That means I have to you know, do excellent at my job all the time and make no mistakes and things like that. And that pressure just kind of made me feel you know, a little uneasy. So she agreed. She said, all right, let's, let's do it. Let's make that commitment together. I get the house, I get the, you know, the great neighborhood with the, with the schools. And obviously these are things I'm interested in too. And then you get the, you get the debt-free home after five years. So that's, that's where the, the, the story started. And uh, we, we made some major strides together. So in, in the beginning, you know, a big part of, you know, making a mortgage go away so fast is a huge down payment. So we put about $150,000 down on our $350,000 house. So, that was call that oof, 40, oh, 45%, something like that. And with that, we had saved up for a couple years, both of us working at the same time about living maybe on half of our income for quite a while to, to amass that amount of money. Um, we were able to make that major down payment and then we chose a 15 year mortgage. And at the time it was a very, very low interest rate, about 3%. So we got a great deal, uh, a good house, and we were able to make a major down payment and then only have 15%, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, 3% on our mortgage. So we started off right away off the bat in, in a pretty good standing. So as we, were, as we were continuing on, you know, in order to pay something down in five years, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta sort of buckle down and um, you know, live on a lot less than, than you make. So uh, between my wife and I, we were making a little over you know, when we, when we got married, we were making a little over six figures combined. And that, uh, that 
uh, income of ours grew over time, definitely. Um, and it helped us to make some changes. But what we did at the start of our marriage was saying, hey, if we're going to uh, make some major changes for our family and do things like paying off our mortgage, let's try to live on half of our income. And we were able to do that from the beginning of our marriage to where we are today. And that has allowed us to do some pretty crazy things like paying off your mortgage in four years. So, yeah. Well, that's cool. And so what I got from that lesson is that you, you kind of know that you want to buy a house if it's not within like tomorrow, it could be within a year, 10 years or whatever. So you began the process of saving towards that goal. Um, I like the fact that you decide to live on half of your income. Um, especially now that you have two incomes, how do we figure out how to live with half of the income that we both have or with one income and use the other income to help towards savings and paying off other debts? Um, and the fact that um, you amassed the 150, which allowed you to pay off, um, pay down or down payment for your home. So when you had no PMI, um, yep. you automatically had equity in it and you borrowed less money for that. And the great thing and what I'm hearing is that because you did that and you had less money to, to um, pay in a mortgage, instead of putting it down to a 30 year, you put it down to a 15 year, which absolutely encourages you to pay it off quicker. It's, it's forced encouragement, it's right? It's forced encouragement <laughs> to do that. But you also had a good rate at the time, which mortgage rates are going, you know, they're pretty good right now. Yeah. Um, so with all of that perfect storm, um, that, was, that, that was really awesome that you all were able to do that and still maintain living on half your income um, for your lifestyle. So what, what do you think is the key to long-term financial success? Well, I would say a major part of um, all I can speak to is really mine and then you know, some of the people I've spoken to on, on our show, but uh, a major theme that comes over and over again is being able to uh, partner with your spouse and your shared vision of what you see your family becoming and, um, and what your future is. You know, for, for us, um, Nicole and I, we worked, that's my wife, we work together on a lot of shared visions. I, I, I'm sort of the numbers guy. I get excited about goals and, you know, paying off mortgages or maxing out your 401k or some, you know, crazy things like that for her, her, her goals are more emotional, right? Mm -hmm. So she's more interested in, Hey, if, if I do some of these nutty things that you're talking about, Andy, you know, what, what are the, what are the financial benefits that could uh, happen in our lives? You know, for her, where we came together was, Hey, if you are, if we're able to pay off this mortgage, if we're able to do some crazy things like saving our saving our, our in, a lot of our income, you'll be able to stay at home and raise our children. And that became sort of our driving force together, uh, working together. So not only did she have the emotional benefit, I had the financial benefit on both sides. And that's kind of where our saver and spender sort of mindsets uh, combine a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's how I've learned to be able to speak to my wife in sort of her, in, in the emotional way, as opposed to the number crunching goal sort of way. So I, I guess my, <clears throat> my, my, my advice uh, would be make sure you're finding a way that it works for both parties. Because if you are solely going by yourself and in, in a financial mission and your partner's not, not there with you, it can not only be a lonely road, but it can also be a difficult road, especially yeah. if you're fighting against uh, the waves, I guess we'll say. <laughs> yeah. 
Absolutely. And I love that. If you, if you are currently married or you're in a relationship with someone, it's very important to have that financial conversation, have those financial dates to talk about the, um, the joint goals or to make sure the goals are going in the same direction. They may not be the same, but at least going in the same direction. I also love the fact that you, you learned how to speak in each other's financial language. Um, shout out to the book that is going to be published later this year of mine, Financial Languages. Um, but you Ooh, I've got to read that. Yeah. So your, your, your language is saver and her language is a spender. And so she, she doesn't, she, she, just because she's a suspender doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that that's how she uh, communicates with money about yeah. money, how she feels and so forth, because it gets her some of the things that she wants emotionally. Um, and if a saver and a spender, they don't know how to talk in each other's language, there's always going to be conflict about money. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even if they're having those financial dates, if they don't know how to talk in each other's language, it's going to be a very uh, bad date. <laughs> That's so do. true. You know, some, sometimes the words that come out of our mouth are, we, 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 um, we, sometimes the words that come out of our mouth are sometimes heard differently by right. the other party. Like, okay, uh, he wants me to save a lot, so he wants me to not have fun. Right. Or, or she doesn't want me to save, so she wants me to work longer until I die. It's like, right. no, that's, not what, that's not what we're saying, right? Exactly. So if you speak Spanish and I speak Greek, we could be saying the same thing, but because we don't know each other's languages, we're not going to understand. We're not going to be able to communicate. And like you said, different language, different cultures have different meanings for the same word. So a budget is the saver loves a budget. It helps them be on task. They can forecast. They get see things grow, they can control some things. But a budget for a, a spender may be like a diet, which I hate diets because I hear die, deprivation. I can't, <laughs> you know? And so I rebel against that. So it's just a matter of understanding the language. And it's good that you all figured that out. And for those of us that are single, you know, when you're, when you're dating someone and they're going to potentially be a spouse, that's a financial conversation that you need to have before you get married to make sure you're on the same page and you you understand each other's languages and learn how to speak it before you actually get married absolutely absolutely a lot of those great conversations can happen beforehand and if they haven't there's no better time to start than today if you're married today. right today you're listening today is time to schedule that that date that financial date with your mate how about that so <laughs> tell me a little bit about lifestyle inflation what is it and how does that affect your lifestyle yeah. So uh, as part of my role with the podcast, I get to connect with a lot of families that are struggling with some, some, some um, events in their lives. And one thing that <clears throat> I hear over and over again is uh, lifestyle inflation, keeping up with the Joneses. You know, as you graduate from college, you, you, you were fine in college, you know, drinking beer and eating ramen noodles and like, you know, not going out to fancy dinners. But as soon as you get that first set, that first paycheck where you're making a decent income, all of a sudden you you got to go to the restaurants. You got to get the fancy car. You got to upgrade your house. And then when you get married, you got to buy the bigger house and you got to get two cars and then you got to be SUVs. Like you don't, you don't have to do all those things. Those are programmed marketing messages that we are supposed to do. And that's what I'm talking about with lifestyle inflation. So if you feel like you're trapped by all the stuff that you've had to do, you have to do, take another look at that and decide if that's, if all those things that are in your life are actually bringing you joy or are they, or are they bringing you misery or, right. or, and, and it's okay. If, if you love your, your awesome SUV, great. That means it brings you joy. But right. if it doesn't, if you're, if you're 
hating the gas bill and you're hating the commute and you're, but you have to have it in order to keep up with this lifestyle. That's something that needs to be reassessed. And that's a lot of the problems um, that I hear from couples on my show or the individuals that I coach. And that's some of the things that I, that I work on with them. You know, Andy, I agree with you, um, especially with a lot of the individuals and couples that I coach as well, um, that they have been programmed. And as you know, coming from a financial institution, yes, it's by design. We do have marketing messages to tell you that in order for you to be happy, you need to have everything that's going to require you to have a loan right? Because our job is to sell loans. So we tie those loans to things that you probably didn't know that you wanted, but we're going to tell you that you really need to have it. Like that big house because your family is bigger, that bigger car because your family is going to get bigger or more than one car because there's two drivers in the household. And, you know, financial institutions, our job is to sell loans. And we're going to do that by selling things that you're going to have to get a loan for. And so I love that you pointed that out because even though as a, you know, working with financial institutions, that's the way we make money. But as a financial advocate, you're absolutely right. You don't have to have a bigger house. You don't have to have a bigger car. You don't have to have a brand new car every two years. You just don't have to. Now, if you want to, and you can afford it and you're not killing yourself, you know, go for it be you. But like you said, I had a mortgage and I was in a, I was paying for a home, but I was barely there. I was always at work or I was traveling. So I was pretty much paying for an expensive storage space. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And there's a lot of people that work two or three jobs just to pay the mortgage and they can't even enjoy the house that they bought. And that's, that's kind of whack. So I'm glad you, you pointed that out about the lifestyle inflation and the marketing messages and if it doesn't bring you joy, you don't have to do it and to reset. Yeah. It sounds like you're in the financial service or you know the financial services industry. I work in marketing, so I'm kind of also pro- part of the problem, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we're part of the problem, but, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying right. to help educate people. You know, I'm playing the game. I'm playing chess. But right. I need consumers to learn how to play chess and stop playing checkers. So, <laughs> there you, know, you, go. <laughs> I, you know, we're going to play the game, but I need you to know the game too, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so this complete debt freedom. So, you know, what are the benefits of having complete debt freedom? I know there's some people that can't fathom not yeah. paying for a mortgage or, you know, they're still paying on their credit card debt. But to have no debt whatsoever, what, what are some of the benefits you know, apart from the obvious, but Mm -hmm. what are some of the benefits that you found from being completely debt-free? Yeah, you know, there's some financial benefits. Obviously, uh, when you look at your line items of the items that you pay for each month, our housing expenses are probably usually the largest, right? So wipe that completely off and then just think about how much extra money you would have. For us, it's about an extra $1,800 a month, which is incredible for us. It's like, wow, okay, we, we don't have to pay that ever again. So the conversations then start with your spouse or, or your partner saying, well, what do we want to do with extra money? What does that mean for us? What can we do to, to strengthen our family tree and, you know, and grow? So those conversations are exciting. You know, obviously your, your net worth increases because you don't have any, you don't have any uh, liabilities anymore. Your savings rate can go up uh, because you are not paying that debt anymore. The ability to just have complete debt freedom is not only a financial uh, win, but it's also a really big emotional win. It was yeah. for me, at least. I got a major reduction in stress when that thing was gone because I could say or I could feel like 
Nobody could take away my house. This is mine. We own it. This is anything it's, that can it's happen. It's now an asset. It's, it's truly absolutely. an asset. Um, I don't owe anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. And then when you sell it, all of that is your money. Absolutely. You know all and and we we've bought in a good area and so you know I mentioned the our purchase price was 350 when we bought it. It's the the real estate has gone up since 2013. It's probably about 420 now. So I mean mm-hmm. time time continues. The, it's a great asset to have and it continues to grow. So it helps us to have an easier path towards financial independence too. So if we have less uh, annual expenses each each year, then we don't need as much to reach financial independence and that's that's a really exciting uh, goal for us now. That's awesome. So I, I have a technical question because I'm a numbers person too. Right? Sure. Even though I'm a spender, I'm a numbers person. <laughs> so, um, so when you did, when you paid off at two hundred thousand dollars in about four years, yep. um, what did you, what what did you do? Did you um, double the payments? Did you um, you know make an extra payment, a biweekly payment, a weekly payment. What was your strategy within that for those that are considering paying it off quicker? Absolutely. So what we what we dedicated ourselves to in the beginning was putting major additional principal payments each month to the best of our ability. And in the first year, it was a lot of extra money because my, uh, Nicole and I were both working. So we would take uh, extra payments as much as we could and throw it at the additional principal. One thing, one sort of trick that I did, a little mind trick was I get paid 26 times per year as opposed to the regular 24 times. Right. So I would just pretend that I only got 24 and we would right. just use those extra paychecks and throw them at the mortgage. Right. But when Nicole we got to the point where we had our second child. She went from part-time down to no time, uh, stay-at-home, full-time stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. Then we were just living on my, co- my income and our payments went way down, you know, obviously. <laughs> uh, okay. So I, to say that it was the same amount each month is, 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 is not, just not true. But over time, we were able to, in the beginning, we paid a lot. And then as uh, we turned into just a single income household, it started to fade a little bit. Uh, I started to do some other things in order to increase the income. I did a little side gig through the podcast and coaching that, that helped us to throw a little bit more extra income at it. Um, things like that. We, we ended up selling a lot of things at our house. So we had... <laughs> I had a moped at once. I had a road bike. She had some purses that she didn't use anymore. Craigslist and, and Facebook Marketplace became our best friend. You know, so we started just throwing some things on there. And uh, just we kept that goal in our mind of, hey, we got to do this in five years. We're going to do this in five years. And we just kept at it and we did it. And to, to give you a further detail, I've got, um, I've got a, a post that I can give you, Tara, that, that literally details every year the, the, the money that we paid down specifically on it. Cause I know sometimes in a short conversation, you can't grasp it. So I'm happy right. to provide that to you and show you the, show you the, the main details of it. That's awesome. And I'll definitely put that link um, with the podcast so others can take a look at it, but that makes complete sense that it, and what people need to understand is that the interest accrues daily, right? But if you make a payment, like he's paying a half a payment a month, um, he's only paying half a month worth of interest. And then if he makes more payments next to that, all of that's going to the principal because there's not a payment that's due. And so that's, a, that's an awesome strategy. Like even if you can't double up your payments, if you put even a little bit more, it's gonna go towards the principal, which means you're paying less in interest and you're paying down that principal faster. So yeah, and if you get fired up about goals like this too, if you, if you're able to, you know, really kick butt at work and you've got some sales goals or bonus opportunities, 
you're going to want to work that much harder at it. And I did. And every time I got a bonus, throw it right at the principal again. So we just sort of, we just clobbered that thing. Every sort of money we got, we threw at it. That's awesome. So that, you know, there's hope for, you know, spenders and savers having a great relationship. Like I, I kind of need a saver in my life to, to be <laughs> like you, to help me get excited about that and keep us focused. Cause savers keep us focused um, on the true goal and putting, spending the money in the right place. Like instead of getting a bonus and spending it on vacation, let's spend it on paying the mortgage down so that we can enjoy the longest vacation of our lives or we pay this amount a month and then at the end of the year we can then take one of those payments or you know something and then go on vacation so Absolutely. that's uh that that's really an awesome strategy you know andy um you and your wife nicole should be commended and thank you so much for sharing your story how can people stay in contact with you hear your podcast and reach out to you on social media yeah, great. The best place to find me is at marriagekidsandmoney.com. Uh, I do have a weekly podcast called Marriage, Kids, and Money. It can be found on any major podcast player. Uh, I do have a, a free uh, guide for your listeners, if they would like it, on my homepage. It's called the Young Family Wealth Playbook. And I have had the opportunity to interview some self-made millionaires, financially independent rock stars, debt-free parents about how they've built wealth. And I took all of that information and put it into this seven-step guide for people to enjoy. So if they want that, just go to marriagekidsandmoney.com. It's right there on the homepage. Wonderful. It's Thank you so much. And I, yeah. I, I see that your Twitter handle is Andy Hill, um, Andy Hill MKM. That's right. So yeah. Come check me out. Hang out on Twitter. Hang out on Twitter. Are you on Instagram too? I, you know, I've been told that I need to be. And so I just started. I'm under the same handle on Instagram as well. Okay. Andy Hill great. MKM. So we're going to hit you up on Instagram as well. So make sure you go to his website and make sure you go to his Twitter and Instagram and connect with Andy Hill and his lovely wife, Nicole, marriage, kids, and money. Hey, Andy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank and you, for, Tara. Absolutely. And for all of my listeners, thank you. And don't forget, you can support uh, the, the podcast as well. So we can keep this going to help the world and always remember ignorance is not bliss. It's expensive as hell. Thank you so much for listening. And until the next time.